welcome to Engender Love. I'm your host, Dr. Shannon Ponce. Join me as we discuss all things gender so you can better connect with those around you. So let's get started as we engender love. Okay, I'm going to talk a little bit more about how there are no binaries in nature. And if you didn't hear the last episode where I talk about the rules of nature, I talk about this, how there are no binaries. But I'm going to like focus in on the biological characteristics that we use to classify sex. Because I think many times we think of it in the binary. And I want to tell you it's not. Why? Because... (laughs) As I mentioned before, nature and biology do not live in a binary. So let's think. If you remember, I talked about there are four main characteristics we use in the classification of sex, male, female, or intersex. If you do not remember what intersex is, intersex are bodies that do not fall into the classification as male or female because nothing's in the binary and there are exceptions to everything. So let's start with the first characteristic, which is external anatomy. It's what we often use to assign babies their sex at birth. We use external anatomy. And so many people think it's in the binary. You either have a penis or you have a clitoris. You either have a scrotum or you have labia. And we also think in the binary, like all the different anatomical parts as one big group, meaning like if you have a penis and you have a scrotum, etc. And the truth is even that's not the case. Sometimes it's not quite a penis and not quite a clitoris. It's something in between we're not quite sure. Sometimes that grouping of anatomy is not the case, meaning that someone may have a clitoris and a scrotum. So there are no this or that. There is no binary in the external anatomy. Now, if we go on to the internal anatomy when we're thinking of uterus and ovaries and fallopian tubes and cervices (laughs) and testicles and vas deferens and prostates. So as we look at that, there are variations in that. There are no absolutes, no always and nevers, meaning if you have a uterus, you're going to have fallopian tubes and two ovaries. That's not always the case. Sometimes people have one ovary. Sometimes people have half of a uterus. Sometimes people are born with ovaries and testicles, both. Like there are no always and nevers. There are no binaries. There are exceptions to every rule because that's nature. It's the beauty of biology. All right. Now to classification number three. So we've talked about external anatomy, internal anatomy. The third one is chromosomes. People often think of chromosomes in the binary, the sex chromosomes in the binary. They think XX or XY. But that's not true. There are other variations of sex chromosomes. There's XO, there's XXY, there's XYY, and many, many more. And so there is no binary there. There is no this or that. There are many variations. And then we get to hormones. Now, I think if you're like me, most of us grew up thinking male hormones and female hormones, male hormones, testosterone, female hormones, estrogen. And as an OBGYN, I have to say progesterone too, but most people think of it as estrogen only. And a lot of clinicians, no matter what their knowledge of gender is, a lot of clinicians that deal with hormone back away from calling these male or female because all bodies have estrogen and testosterone in them. And those hormones are in all bodies and they vary from throughout life. 
They vary person to person. That's why we often use ranges. They vary throughout the day. Like there are multiple variations. But we think about which of the hormones drives, like drives the development of the reproductive system. But even that has exceptions. So we say if there's predominantly testosterone, then you're going to develop a penis and testicles and scrotum, et cetera. And if you have predominantly estrogen, you're going to develop a uterus and ovaries and vulva, et cetera. You get the idea, right? But what's the rule? (laughs) There are always exceptions. So there are bodies that have lots of testosterone, but there is nothing to hear the signal. And so if the body does not hear the signal of testosterone trying to drive the development of the reproductive system, then it goes to its default programming, which is a vagina and labia and sometimes a uterus. So there are exceptions to every rule. And I bring this up because, first off, we talk about them so black and white and such a binary all the time. It's this or that. You either have this part or you have that part. And it's just not the case. And even before I learned about gender, I could see where this was so damaging when I took care of patients. I saw it when people who identified as women had hysterectomies. Every once in a while, I'd have a patient that would really go into questioning their identity of, well, I'm not really going to be a woman anymore because that's what we're taught. Women have uterus. Women have a uterus and, you know, all these parts. And who were they if they didn't have those parts? Who were they if they had some of the parts, but not all the parts? And even if we say, well, that's different, that's surgery. When people found out that their internal anatomy was different, many times they'd find out that out later in life, that they were born with some variation of the anatomy that we always consider in the binary. And that often threw people for an identity crisis. And that's the thing. Like we know that gender identity is inner sense itself. None of that changes with the anatomical inventory. However, we teach it that way so much. And I would see the harm in this. I would see them because like, you're still you. We just know that you have a different inventory than we assumed. But even going into the realm of function, when someone who identified as a girl did not have a period, That was devastating for many people because they questioned their identity, even though identity has nothing to do with biological characteristics. I think the most, most pronounced area I saw it in was in infertility. When people struggled with infertility, it broke my heart that they would consider themselves less of a woman if that's how they identified. I didn't say this because I don't know this would be the most sympathetic thing to say, but in my head, I'm thinking this is normal biologic variation. It stinks, but it is normal biologic variation. It has nothing to do with how much you are a woman. And so very early on in my medical career, I realized how important it was for people to realize that things are not, that biology is not absolute. And it's not in a binary. So I hope moving forward, we can keep going and keep teaching 
these variations where we welcome all bodies, all functions, all forms. I don't think things won't be painful if we're more open and inclusive. I think a person that wants to get pregnant and can't will still feel pain. And I just feel like I believe that we will lessen the pain if it doesn't lead to us questioning our identity because of our functioning. So I will continue to talk and argue and teach. I really don't like to argue. I prefer to teach. To teach that there are no binaries, that there are no absolutes. And I think the more we embrace that, the more we accept everybody as they are. Because as I've always told my kids, we all are different in some way. Some is more obvious than others, but we all are different. What an amazing world. If we could embrace that diversity, we can move away from the binary and see the beauty in that variation that is nature that allows us to survive. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Engender Love. If you have more questions, visit my website at engenderlove.com. You can contact me, sign up for my newsletter, or schedule a time to meet and see how I can support you. Have a great week and continue to engender love.